Welcome back. Glad to have you here this morning. Just a little survey. How many of you went home last week and put Vicks VapoRub on the bottom of your feet last week? How many? I can't believe how many people I had email me or text me and say, it works, it works, they did it. So if you don't know what that means, you need to go back and listen to last week's sermon. Come to church, you get not only the gospel, you get some home health care right there. So you can do that. Take your sermon outline out. Let's jump into the scripture for today. We're in a series called Follow Me. And uh, we've been looking at Jesus's call to his disciples and all that then entailed. And we've been looking at it and asking the question, so what does it mean to us? to follow Jesus like the disciples follow Jesus. This is the fourth in this, this series. I want you to look with me at a passage of scripture from Mark chapter one, the calling of James and John. It says, a little farther up the road, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once and they also followed him. Now read the rest of that sentence out loud with me. Leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Read that again. Leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Everybody repeat out loud after me. There is no following without a leaving. Let's do it again. There is no following without a leaving. Now, I want to talk about that today. What's interesting is whenever we're talking to someone about uh, becoming a Christian and becoming a Christ follower, we, we often talk about, you know, if, if, you'll make this, if you'll take this step with Jesus, you know, you can, you can be forgiven of all your sins and, and you can have God with you and, and you can escape hell and you can uh, have eternal life. And we, we talk about all these wonderful things and they are all wonderful things. But one of the things we don't, often talk about with people when they're trying to make this decision is this. There is a leaving before there can be a following. In fact, what you're gonna discover is on this journey of faith, there is a lot of leaving that we have to do. Um, you notice in, in this story, we talk about James and John had to do what? They had to leave. They had to leave their, their father. They had to leave them in the boat. They, they had to do that if they were going to follow Jesus. All you got to do is just walk through scripture and think about it. Abraham had to leave his father, his, all of his father's country to go and follow the, the voice of the Lord who was taking him to show him what was going to be the promised land. Go to Egypt. For the, for the, the people of God to, to go to the promised land, they had to leave Egypt where they were. Over and over again through scripture, you're going to find this principle to be true, and it's true for us. And that's what I want to talk about today. I, I, I gave this message the title, The Hardest Part of Following, and I really believe it is, because I, I guarantee you what I'm going to say to you today, it, it's, going to, it's going to push on some of us a good bit, because we often don't think about, for me to really step into and become this man or woman of God that he wants me to be, I can't be a new thing if I'm still an old thing. Does that make sense to you? And it has a lot of different aspects to it. Uh, on your outline, if you want to track along, I just, when I was sitting down with this, I, I, I had to trim so much out of this message because I realized when I got done, I said, this isn't a sermon, this is a seminar. And I, I've, got to, I've got to cut this down so I can give it to you in an hour and a half. So let, let, me, let me talk to you about five thoughts about leaving. Let me just introduce this. Because I started thinking about, there, there are just some thoughts we need to think. Here's the first one. Leaving can be extremely difficult. 
It can be extremely difficult. We're, we're talking about following Jesus. And again, we're all going, yeah, I'm all in on that probably. That's why I'm here. But yet, let's be honest. <clears throat> there are some of this that's really hard. Uh, when, when you think about, uh, as we talk about some of these things that we're going to have to leave, I guarantee you for some of us, we're going to go, you know what, I don't, I don't know that I really want to let go of that. I don't know that I can really do that. For, we're we're going to find that some of this stuff in our life is kind of sticky and I'm not sure that I can walk away of it. it, it it's hard. It, it can be really hard. Um, secondly, leaving, believe it or not, can also come with a lot of guilt, can sometimes come with a lot of guilt. Um, as I talk about some of this, some of this, you're going to have to wrestle through this. Uh, think about it again for James and John. Um, where, what were they doing when Jesus called them? Yeah, they were fishing. They were in the boat with their father doing the family business, uh, a family business that was supposedly going to be handed down to them one day. But yet they had to leave their father and the hired guys in the boat and take off. Now, don't you think that maybe there was just a little bit of guilt with James and John? about their dad going, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, and there was, again, we, we often don't think about the fact that sometimes to follow Jesus, there's, there's a little bit of guilt because that means I've got to walk away from someone else and that's not always easy. There's some guilt involved. Sometimes leaving, it requires a huge step of faith. Now, sometimes it requires a huge step of faith. A lot of times when you see the disciples following Jesus, you know, they're following him, but it's like all of a sudden, so now what am I going to do for a living? I'm not a fisherman anymore. How am I going to make money? How am I going to take care of my family? Who's going to look after my kids? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of faith involved. God, if I'm going to follow you, are you really going to take care of all this? Some of you, how many of you would be, again, let's just do a little survey. How many of you have had times in your life where God has called you to walk away from something and it took a lot of faith for you to do that. But yeah, yeah, it, it, there's, there's a lot of that involved. It was interesting, Rachel uh, was telling staff about when uh, her and Luke came back to Oklahoma City, they were uh, in Louisiana, and uh, Rachel had gotten a new job with the college. She was gonna be leading worship, running chapel at, at the, at the Mac, uh, Mid-America Christian University, but Luke didn't have a job. And Luke had had some health issues, particularly some heart issues, and he really couldn't be without insurance. Anybody who has any major health issues know, you know, how expensive that can be. And so, but they decided this is really what God wants us to do. And he had put applications in, but hadn't heard anything. And they made the decision, we're going to leave and head to Oklahoma City, not knowing what Luke's going to do. Now that, my friend, is what you call a leap of faith. And it was so interesting, Rachel said, and while they were on their way, Luke was literally driving the moving van when he got a call from Carl Albert High School that they had set up an interview and a job that he got, ended up getting and has been ever since. But it took a leap of faith. I'm not gonna tell you that this leaving thing is easy or that it's not gonna require faith. It is, which kind of gets me to the next piece. And that is leaving can sometimes mean that there may be sacrifice, there may be sacrifice. Again, you know, we read, we read the Gospels about the disciples following Jesus and all the great things that they saw and the miracles they saw him do and the teaching they got to see, but did you ever really think about the price that some of them paid for this? I mean, there was a toll for them. There was a toll on their families. And if you follow history, you'll find that tradition tells us that most of the disciples, nearly all of them, ended up losing their lives for this privilege of following Jesus. 
I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes because we choose to follow Christ, it doesn't mean there's not going to be a price to pay for us because there will be. But here's another piece. Leaving can be unbelievably life-changing. Leaving can be unbelievably life-changing. When some of you begin to feel this nudge of God that you've got to leave, again, sometimes we get so locked in on how scary this can be, we don't think about the fact that this leaving, we walk through a doorway where God can begin to do incredible things like we've never seen before. I mean, think this thought with me. What if James and John had said, no, we really can't leave dad? You know, we got to stay here and fish. We'd have never heard of them. But they had the opportunity to found the kingdom of God on earth because they chose to leave what was behind them to step into this new invitation that God gives us. It, it's, it, it, it comes with a lot of unbelievable opportunities with it. And, and it's, it's such a part of life. Leaving is always a part of life. You, you think about, how many of you have been or are married, have done this? How many? Anybody? Okay. Was there a leaving involved when you got married? Honest, say yes. <laughs> Of course there was. Of course, that's why the Bible says, for this reason a man should do what? Leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. Now, how many of you wives had husbands who didn't want to leave mom and dad? Yeah, yeah we got, and someone in the back going, leave mine right here, right here, yeah. yeah. It, it, sometimes that happens, but, but when you say, well, what, what do you mean you leave? Well, all of a sudden you get married, and, and now all of a sudden you, you don't get to watch whatever you want to watch. You don't get to do whatever you want to do. You don't get to go wherever you want to go. It's like my wife, Wanda, was so funny when she was talking about, she goes, you know, Steve, she goes, I used to think that I was such a patient person. And then I married you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, God showed me I wasn't really patient at all. She goes, I, I used to think that I was such a selfless person. I wanted to be a social worker, give my life away, and then I married you. And now you're in everything. You're in my room. You're in my space. You're in, why? Because there's a leaving. You let go of some of that to take hold. Now, hopefully... I've, married, I've made marriage worth it for her. <laughs> Say amen, Wanda. Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's in the nursery today. Yeah. <laughs> or, or how many of you have had kids? Is there a leaving when you have kids? Oh, absolutely. You leave sleep behind. <laughs> you leave money behind. You leave not worrying anymore behind. You know, you leave all of this. Is it worth it? Well, you know, yes, 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 of course it's worth it. You know, you hold that little baby and you go, oh, you know, and then they become teenagers and you want to give them back, you know, kind of stuff. But no, there, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's great joy with all of that, but you got to be willing to leave. Does that make sense to you? Now, I, I want to unpack this together today. And I want to I talk to you about, as I sat with this, I, I just begin to think, Lord, what are some of the things that you ask us to sometimes leave. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. We have to be willing to leave attitudes and behavior that you know are not godly. You gotta be willing to leave attitudes and behavior that you know are not godly. I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago that when we, we talk about uh, inviting Christ into our lives, sometimes we forget it's not just about forgiving our past. It's about changing the way we live. Can I get at least one amen with that? 
Yeah, there we go. It's about changing the way we live. That's why I put this statement on your outline. You can't become who God has called you to be while still holding on to who you used to be. I mean, when you begin to, you begin to think about this, God's intent was never to leave us the way that we were. And when, when Christ comes, when we invite Christ into our heart, all of a sudden we begin to realize there's a lot of stuff out here that he wants to take care of. Now, again, for some of us, that's a process. But I've, I've realized along the way that if we're honest, there are a lot of us who, who committed our lives to Christ, but we're still struggling with letting go some of that old person that we used to be. I, I love how Paul uh, framed this in, in Colossians. Throw that, throw that slide up on the screen. Um, well, throw, throw, that for, I'm sorry, throw the scripture up on the screen. I'm sorry, I, I jumped ahead of you. It says, read it with me. He says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live, live as people of light. Here's what he said in Colossians. Now throw that slide up. I love it. He says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, I love this phrase, clothe yourself with what? Tenderhearted mercy. Can you read it out loud with me? Tenderhearted mercy. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Stop. How many of you, you got enough to go home and work on some stuff for a while? Yeah. When I was reading that, that was my thought that hit me. He goes, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, read it with me, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I love how he puts this. Paul, Paul describes this evolving of our faith as getting rid of old clothes and putting on new clothes. And the way you can think about it is James describes the word of God as a mirror. And you look into it and in that mirror, God shows you what you need to see to help you become who you need to become. And I love that idea because it's like when you're looking into the word of God, all of a sudden God begins to show you, you know, you got some old clothes on. That's, that's not who you are anymore. You need, to, you need to get rid of those old clothes. You need to put on some new garments that I give you. Does that make sense to you? Um, I, 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 had a, I have a, a friend back in Ohio. Um, he's the outreach pastor for Salem Church where I do some mentoring work. And it was really funny. A week ago on Facebook, he, he showed a picture he said, he, he said I've, I've had a really busy, rough week. And he said, I woke up. He said, I must have been really tired because when he got to the office, this is what he realized. Throw that picture up on the screen. <laughs> he had two different shoes on. And it was funny because he posted this on Facebook and he said, he goes, you know, what, what do you notice in this picture? And so I commented and I said, you need to shave your legs. That's what I, I'd put on. <laughs> but he had, yeah, he put on, he put on two different, he put on two different shoes. How many of you have ever done this, by the way? Oh my gosh, a lot of you. It must be some kind of virus or something, I guess. But, but he, put on, he put on two different shoes. And I love it because he, he works in a church. And of course, the other staff, because they are godly, encouraging people, the next day he came to work and Throw that next slide up. They all had a different shoe. <laughs> they, they all had a different, different shoe. And you, you look at people with two different shoes and you go, that looks ridiculous. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Look at me. And you're absolutely right. You see, when we try to put on the clothes and the garments of God, while we're still wearing some of our old garments, look at me, they don't match. They don't match. 
It doesn't show who we really want to be. Amen? What, Pastor say, what do we need to leave? Well, maybe one of the good places we need to start is identifying, you know, what are some of those attitudes that God is showing me? Uh, some of that anger, some of that unforgiveness, some of that greed, some of that self-centeredness. What, is, what are some of these things in here that God is trying to root out? What are some of the old clothes that I need to get rid of so that when people see me, I look a little more like Jesus? Can I give you a second one? And this one's hard. We need to leave bad influences that we can't overcome. We need to leave bad influences that we can't overcome. Now, I, I walk a, I kind of walk a fine line with this. Because here's the deal. We're, we are called as God's people to be light in the darkness. Amen? We, we're called to, to let God use us to, to help people who are far from God to find their way back to them. In other words, God wants to put his spirit in us to influence others to come to him. Look at me, but here's the deal. Sometimes it's not us influencing them. Sometimes it's them influencing us. Um, you know, how many of you have ever, to be honest enough to admit, you've had friends who have led you in a wrong direction before? Yeah. And you, and you got to be careful with that because sometimes people aren't always what they present themselves as. I saw, I saw these, these ads that I thought were really funny uh, because it's like, would you really trust these people? I did, throw the slide up on the screen. There's an al I want alignment shop. Now, would you take your car to an alignment shop when they can't even align the letters on their building? I mean, really? You know, I, I, this was a great one. Throw that up on the screen. AVA, American Aviation, learn to fly here. <laughs> I, I saw that and I just busted up. I thought, I think I'll take my pilot's license someplace else. You know what I'm saying? Learn to fly here. No, that, how about this one? I love this. Mall maintenance shop, we can repair anything. Please knock on the door, the bell doesn't work. We can repair anything except this little bell that we're using in our house. I just, I cried. And this was my favorite one of all time. Wise moves. They buried this, 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 this truck underneath, and, and, it's, and, yet, and yet it's wise. No, that's not a wise move. Well, if we're honest, sometimes, again, we have friends who, who are just leading us in directions that we shouldn't Go. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Read it out loud with me. He said, don't fool yourselves. Bad friends will destroy you. Bad friends will destroy you. And this is one of this, look at me. This is one of these honest heart searches that you need to do. And you need to ask yourself the question, am I influencing them or are they influencing me? You know, I, we, I've done a lot of reading and work in recovery, you know, dealing with my own stuff. And one of the things that's just so remarkable are how many people, especially if they're dealing with like drug and alcohol um, addiction, will go through the, this process of rehab and spend weeks trying to become clean and sober. Are you with me? trying to become clean and sober, only to go back to the same group of friends that they had before. And the number one reason for relapse back to drug and alcoholism is because they didn't change their friends. Are you getting this? 
And, and along the way, we've just got to ask ourselves the question because if we're honest, at some time or another, almost all of us have people in our life, in our life even people we like to be around that we know we shouldn't be around. And here's the deal. You got to decide who's more important. Because if a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a close friend or even a family member, if they mean more to you than following Christ, they are your God. Did you catch that? Jesus was real clear when he said this. He said, to be my disciple, you have to love me more than your father and your mother, your brother and your sisters, and let me put this in, and every friend you've got in your life. Amen? Amen. Let me give you a third one. Leave places that force you to compromise your faith. Leave places that force you to compromise your faith. When I was, again, thinking about how this applies to our life, this idea of leaving, I started thinking about different friends I've had through the years. Um, some, when they were in college, uh, got into groups, became a part of clubs. And as a part of being a member of that club, they were required to do certain things that, quite frankly, as a Christ follower, you shouldn't do. And they had to decide, am I going to do this? Is it worth it to me to be a part of this club to violate the principles I know that God wants me to live for? And that's a question, guys, you young people particularly. That's a question you're going to have to solve along the way. Because you're going to have people around you like that that are going to ask you to be a part of this. You've got to give up that. And you've got to decide who's more important. Some of us, let me just ask the question. How many of you have ever worked for a job where your boss was requiring you to do something you know you shouldn't do? Asking you to either lie or take advantage of you. How many of you have ever had a job like that along the way? Anybody? Yeah. And you got to decide, am I, am I going to stay here at this job? Let me, just, let me just say that. There is no job worth your relationship with Christ. There's no job worth compromising your integrity for. There is no job you can have that can do that. You need to be able to walk away. I don't care if it's a club or a group or, or a job. You need to be able to walk away to be who God has called you to be. I had a, uh, I had a mentor in my life some years ago. He was a, a CEO of a company, and I used to meet with him for, for lunch. Uh, he was a part of my church, and he was older than me and down the road a bit. And we used to talk about life and leadership. And he was, uh, <coughs> he was telling me about, he was hiring a, a new secretary. His secretary that had been with him for years had left. And he was hiring a new secretary and he's having these interviews. And we're having lunch one day and he said, I had a really interesting interview this week. And I said, what was that? He said, I had this woman who came in and had applied for the job. And he said, she was really skilled. He said she had better skills than any woman, you know, that I had had, anybody that had applied for the job. And he said, I was actually kind of excited that she was, you know, she might be the, the, the next one. And he said, and when I was talking about our culture here at the company, he said, I, one of the things I talked about was loyalty. You know, I, I need people that are going to be loyal. And he said, and then she said this. He goes, you're going to find that I'll be the most loyal person you've ever met. And he said, she leaned forward and said, in fact, I don't mind lying for the boss. And I looked at him and I said, so what'd you do? He said, I didn't hire. And he looked at me and he said, Steve, 
People who will lie for you will lie to you. They're just liars. And I will not allow that in our culture. That was a powerful moment. You see, somewhere along the way, you just have to decide who you are and who you're going to be. Amen? You see, that's why I put that statement on your outline. It says, wherever you are, be who you are. Can I give you one more? This one hurts a bit. One of the challenges God gives to us is to leave our self-consumed life for a life of significance. To leave our self-consumed life for a life of significance. John chapter 12, Jesus makes this incredibly powerful statement. In fact, I wrote about this last week in one of my devotions. Jesus was getting ready to head to the cross, and here's what he said. He said, it, it's, it is a fact that a grain of wheat must fall to the ground and die before it can grow and produce much more wheat. Read it out loud with me. If it never dies, it will never be more than a single seed. Read it again. If it never dies, it will never be more than a single seed. Jesus wasn't just referring to him offering his life on the cross. He was making a statement to his disciples. Because we have a choice to make along the way. Am I going to live this life thinking only about me? Or am I going to live this life letting God use me in a life of service wherever I am? Now, please hear my heart with this. I think this is the greatest challenge for Christians of the 21st century. I've been in ministry almost 43 years now. And I'm gonna tell you that most of the people in the churches that I've served, anywhere I've been, most of them are single seeds. They're single seeds. They are people to whom church is a place they go. Church is something that they do. But they've never really allowed God to, to use them as he would use them as a part of the body of Christ or in the service of his kingdom. And if we never, if we never get past us, we can never do and become what God has called us to do and become. Does this make sense to you? And that's that challenge. Am I going to be made uncomfortable? Am I going to sacrifice a, a little bit of, of my time, my energy? My, am I going to give up a little bit of me so that I can become all that God wants me to come and I can allow his kingdom to spread? So I put the statement on your outline if you're willing to die to yourself, you can awaken to your dreams. I'm gonna ask my prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and come. My oldest grandson, who is 13 now, Maddox, loves to play board games. And it was kind of like finding this whole new 
venue of things that he'd never done before. And he started coming to our house. And Wanda has every single board game ever made anywhere in our home. Hundreds of them, I promise you. I'm not even exaggerating. We've got all these. One of the games that we have played that he enjoyed was this one. Throw that up on the screen. The Game of Life. How many of you have ever played the Game of Life? Yeah. Did you know that game is over 100 years old? Uh, when Milton Bradley invented that game, it was, it was like in the 1800s, late 1800s. And, uh, and then it became, they popularized it and it became, and what's the goal of the game of life? Anybody remember? Anybody remember? You get to the end of the game, who wins in the game of life in this game? Whoever has the most money. That's what it's all about. It's about making all this money. You, you want to get the degree to make money. You want to do all these things to make money, invest in stocks to make money. And when you get to the end of the game, whoever has the most money wins. That's the object of the game of life. And probably a pretty good <laughs> picture uh, of our capitalistic culture. This is what it was all about, to make the most money. Really interesting, in 1991, they changed the game of life. And instead of just being about making money, they started adding things like you get, you get um, significance for helping the homeless or, or you get credit for, for doing these good deeds, for uh, recycling, for you know, doing various kinds of things in the community. And, and what they realized was that people had tons of money and still weren't happy. There's gotta be more than life than just ending up with a ball of cash. Look at me, I've done hundreds of funerals through the years. Never have I seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Are you hearing me? Because when you get to the end, it's the end. Unless you've invested yourself in something eternal. And then there are things that live beyond you. When I heard that, I, I, I was so happy because I think our challenge it is not, can I survive through this life and make it to heaven? But can I live my life in such a way that I've made a difference where I've been and there's something eternal that's going to live after me? I can't imagine standing before God one day and saying, all I've got to offer you is a bank account. Oh, God wants to do so much more through you than that. He wants you to leave a life of mediocrity, a life of self-service. He wants you to make yourself available. If James and John weren't willing to leave their comfort zones, we'd have never ever known their name. But because they gave themselves to something that mattered, we're still talking about them 2,000 years later. Amen? What do you need to leave? What is it today that God may be nudging you with? Saying, you know what? If, if you want to follow me, really follow me more closely, you're going to need to let go of this. You're gonna to need to let go of that. Whatever that is today, we'd be more than happy to pray with you about anything going on in your life. It may not be anything related to the message today, but we'd certainly count it a privilege to pray with you as you go before God and say, Lord, would you help me let go? Would you help me 
leave some of this so I can take hold of you. Well, Father God, that's our prayer today. Today you've challenged our hearts because I believe that most all of us who are here this morning or are watching online, Lord, we want to be disciples of yours. And there's so much about following you that excites our hearts. But one of the things, Lord, we do forget is that there can't be a following without a leaving. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you would speak to us as your people. I pray that you would challenge us today with the things in our lives that we need to let go of. Whatever that may mean, our attitudes and behavior, uh, influences in our life, places that we belong to, or whether it's stepping out of our own self-consumption and making ourselves available to be used by you in a life of significance. Lord, whatever that may mean, would you just wrap your arms around us today? Would you let us know that you put your spirit in us for a reason, that you have called us to great things? And I pray that you would give us the courage to discover and step into those things. Lord, leaving's not always easy. And I have no doubt that there were some people listening today that felt the conviction of your spirit and, and are wrestling right now. And I pray, Lord, I pray that you would help them fight through to the end. Because all the things that we hold on to will be worthless one day when we stand before you. Help us to let go of it all, to take hold of you with both hands of our life. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen.